Hi, you're listening to All Law, an audio series brought to you by Lakshmi Kumaran and Sridharan, a leading Indian law firm. At the firm, we are proud to combine the knowledge of law with extensive experience in industry and technology in order to design practical legal solutions for our clients. This podcast series is a part of our knowledge sharing initiative where we will discuss notable judicial and regulatory developments and analyze the business implications of the law as it evolves in India. In this week's podcast, we'll be talking about how SEBI has tweaked the IPO norms and how one should be following a cautioned approach. The initial public offering IPO market has been booming ever since the dawn of 2020. As per the latest ENY Global IPO report, the year 2021 has been the best IPO year since the last 20 years. The recent pace of rise in unicorns and filing of draft red herring prospectuses DRHP makes it evident that the number of IPOs would witness further acceleration in the year 2022. However, the Securities Exchange Board of India, SEBI, being the guardian of investors, possesses a responsibility to strengthen security of the interests of the investors, especially retail investors, in this booming market, since the sudden increase of money in the stock market also increases the risk of market volatility. Against this backdrop, SEBI, on 14 January 2022, has notified the SEBI issue of Capital Disclosure Requirements Amendment Regulations 2022, also known as the ICDR Amendment Regulations with respect to changes and obligations that the IPO-bound companies have to comply with while filing the DRHP. In this podcast, we seek to provide an insight on the amendments made under the SEBI ICDR regulations, why the ICDR amendment regulations, and the need to bring such amendments. In the following sections, we will be analysing certain key amendments. First of all, talking about quantitative restriction on utilization of IPO proceeds for unidentified inorganic group. An IPO-bound company cannot spend more than 35% of its IPO proceeds for the objects as mentioned in the offer document, that is, 1. General corporate purpose and 2. Any unidentified inorganic acquisition or strategic investments target, that is also known as the inorganic group which has not been specified in their DRHP. In case an acquisition target is not identified, then only 25% of the IPO proceeds can be spent towards such objects, that is, inorganic growth. However, if the company has already identified their acquisition and has specified the same in their DRHP or Red Herring Prospectus RHP, along with the amount to be utilized towards such acquisition, then such company shall be exempted from the aforesaid quantitative restriction. SEBI has introduced this provision in the wake of instances where the company has no concrete plans for any acquisition or investment target but chooses inorganic growth as an object in DRHP in order to attain a higher listing on day one. This obligation will force the companies to further strategize their IPO proceeds, spending that would facilitate investors in making a reasoned decision before investing. Next, we will talk about quantitative restriction on offer for sale, OFS, to public in IPO. 
Now any existing shareholder along with persons acting in concert cannot offer more than 50% of their pre-issue shareholding if they are holding more than 20% of the share capital of the company. On the flip side, such shareholders holding less than 20% of the share capital of the company cannot offer more than 10% of their pre-issue shareholding. The ICDR regulations never had any such quantitative restriction in the past. The above restriction is vis-a-vis those companies which are listed under Regulation 6.2 of the ICDR regulations via book building process, that is companies who do not satisfy the threshold requirement of having net assets, operating profits and net worth under Regulation 6.1 of the ICDR regulations for making an IPO. Absence of such restriction will make the retail investors more vulnerable if most of the existing shareholders exit the company or withdraw maximum of their shareholding. This would further weaken the confidence of the new investors since the mass withdrawal of existing shareholders could be a negative indication about the business operations and future growth of the company. Such an obligation will compel the existing investors, mostly private equity investors, to invest in the company with a sense to build a long-term business rather than just focusing towards an exit via IPO. Another relevant amendment is with respect to change of monitoring agency and reporting of utilization of IPO proceeds. Regulation 41 subclause 1 of the ICDR regulations requires that the use of IPO proceeds shall be monitored by the scheduled commercial banks or public financial institutions if the issue size, excluding the size of offer for sale by selling shareholders, exceeds INR 100 crore. However, these shall now be substituted by credit rating agencies. This is a strategic proposal since the aim and objective of the CRAs, that is the credit rating agencies, aligns in a better manner than SCBs or PFIs, that is the scheduled commercial banks or public financial institutions. As monitoring the activities of a company does not form the substantial and primary duty of an SCB or a PFI. Such monitoring shall now apply vis-a-vis 100% utilization of IPO proceeds instead of the erstwhile threshold of 95%. The amount specified to be raised under general corporate purpose has also been brought under the scanner of the monitoring agency and a monitoring agency via a report has to submit details of utilization of IPO proceeds before the audit committee of the issuer company on quarterly basis instead of annual basis. The above monitoring mechanism will prohibit the trend of misusing the IPO proceeds in a manner distinct from their objects as specified in the DRHB. The primary objective behind such cautioned approach is enhanced transparency and accountability of investors' money. An amendment has also been proposed with respect to lock-in period for anchor investors. Part A of Schedule 13 of the ICDR regulations prescribed a lock-in period of 30 days for anchor investors. However, SEBI has increased this period to 90 days. That is, 50% of the investment by an anchor investor shall be locked for the period of 90 days from the date of allotment. This amendment has come into force on 1st April 2022 and shall apply to all IPOs opening on or after 1st April 2022. Such amendment will increase the confidence of the investors and will also rule out the internal arrangement of anchor investors, that is, large institutional investors such as mutual funds and the IPO bond companies. But even if the financials of the IPO bond company is weak, the hype created by these anchor investors before public issue 
increases confidence of the retail investors, thereby leading to maximize subscription during the offer period. This hype is to achieve higher listing price at the stock market and as soon as the lock-in period expires, they exit from the company, consequently calling for a big sell-off, which ultimately risks the investment of retail investors whose subscription comes at stake. However, restricting anchor investors or existing shareholders, mostly private equity investors, from taking an exit beyond 50% might restrict them at the first place to invest in startups as they would not be able to get a complete exit. Lastly, we will be talking about changes in preferential issue. For promoters and promoter group, the lock-in period has been reduced from 3 years to 18 months from the date of trading approval for a specific securities that is equity shares in convertible securities allotted and b the equity shares allotted pursuant to excise of options attached to warrants issued on a preferential basis. Secondly, one year to six months for equity shares allotted over and above 20% of total capital of the issuer company on preferential basis. For non-promoters, such periods shall reduce from one year to six months. The promoters can now pledge their lock-in specified securities, that is, equity shares and convertible securities, except superior voting rights shares for borrowing money from an SCB or PFI or a systematically important non-banking financial company or a housing finance corporation, only if such pledging is stated in the terms of loan and only for the purpose of financing the objects of issue. This amendment is proposed to avoid siphoning of funds, as the corporates could pledge their shares for the purpose of utilization of borrowed amount for any other venture apart from the growth of such company whose shares are being pledged. In conclusion, the aforesaid amendments are the byproduct of SEBI's cautioned approach to safeguard investors' interests and wealth. Such amendments have called for greater transparency and accountability with respect to utilization of the public money via IPOs. SEBI's consultation paper on disclosure of issuer basis price released on 18 February 2022 for those IPO-bound companies which aim for listing through book-building process via Regulation 6.2 of ICDR regulations is another approach towards ensuring a transparent process of listing. However, these amendments also raise concerns towards red tapism by the regulatory authority as increased compliance may compel the big investors to shy away from putting money into the market, which could also lead to stagnant growth of the market. Amendments such as increase in lock-in periods and monitoring of the IPO proceeds utilization by a CRE could adversely impact the startup market in India. Thank you for taking the time for listening to this series. We would love to hear your feedback, comments and questions about the episode. You can write to us at podcast at lakshmi3.com to know more. You can even suggest topics for future episodes you'd like to hear more about. Do check out our website www.lakshmi3.com which has been linked in the episode description below to keep abreast with relevant legal updates. We hope you'll join us next week.